0: You are listening to the Mom and Dad Podcast.
1: A podcast about balance, growth, and navigating through your 20s and 30s.
0: I think perspective is is so important in, in really developing, like realizing that there's so much more out there than what you think there is if you're just only focuses, focused on yourself and the little that you have.
1: Hi, hi, hi how's it going <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> welcome back to the mom and dad podcast
0: we are happy you're here
1: yes we are we are always happy that you're here supporting us
0: and learning for yourself so and really learning. you should be supporting yourself
1: you are supporting yourself you
0: are supporting you are yourself.
1: investing in yourself learning new things investing in yourself okay. and guess what it's free well unless you pay for spotify or Apple,
0: but before we get into that, any updates on our lives?
1: I'm pretty sure that I'm getting t m j again.
0: <laughs> for those who don't know that's lockjaw. No, it's not similar to It's lockjaw. just like Thor jaw I thought it was like a lesser form of lockjaw.
1: Oh, I don't know. I have had it before I had it four years ago mm-hmm. for the first time and they say it's induced by stress, but I don't feel stressed. So I don't know where it's coming from. And every time I yawn, it just it just hurts. So that's an update about me.
0: Remy said a new word this week.
1: He said lots of new words.
0: He said poop.
1: Okay. <laughs> he's he's a parrot. He's just a little parrot now.
0: Yeah, he'll even say things that aren't words, but it'll just be like, What did it what was it that you did earlier where you're like Hmm. like you were like stressed about something and you're like hmm. and he did like the exact he like tried to mimic it perfectly and he actually got pretty close
1: oh i don't i don't remember what specifically what it was but
0: he was just making a weird noise and then he made the weird noise <laughs> right after
1: yeah he he speaks he mimics a lot of the things we say and he's speaking a lot of gibberish
0: yeah his gibberish is really funny to it's listen so to
1: so funny it's
0: kind of like a little minion yeah. From uh, Despicable Amy. Yeah. Maybe
1: Me. we'll have him on the podcast one of these days. Yeah. <laughs> now just that so he's, can... he's talking,
0: he'll be our filler for the intro. We'll just let him <laughs> talk gibberish for like 15 minutes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Wait, but I feel like people would really enjoy that.
0: Yeah. It would be probably our best intro yet. <laughs> he's, uh... yeah, he's getting to be really fun. He's at the fun age, but he's also kind of edging into his tantrum phase, I've been told. Yeah, today he kind of he flexed on me a little bit. But what? Just kind of like, oh, you know. He when? did that to me on the couch like I took away the computer. He was just trying to mess with my keyboard and and he
1: did the tight thing where he goes, Yeah. Oh. oh,
0: and he like kicked at me. Oh, wow. Yeah.
1: I have not seen him do that.
0: I I was like, "Hey." And then he like stopped. What? Yeah.
1: Did he even know what he was doing?
0: I think he was just upset that I took the computer away from him.
1: Well, well he gets... that
0: I didn't let him bang on my keyboard while I was trying to use the computer. I well, should say. Well,
1: I've seen him get upset about things like when he gets something taken away, but
0: it was it was like that. It was but more it was, than that. Yeah, I don't I don't know if it was more than that, but it was just gonna like he kicked at me. Oh wow! He was on his back, and I was within kicking range, so he kicked me. But
1: okay, the funniest thing is to tell him to jump (laughs) and he thinks he kind of does it he thinks he's jumping he like bends his knees and he goes up like really fast but he crouches
0: down as low as if he was about to jump off the the planet and then he doesn't leave the ground
1: yeah he doesn't leave the ground he he
0: did a couple times where he's like like an inch clearance yeah
1: his heels might leave the ground but he's just like ugh like (laughs) That's the problem with being audio, you can't see. Yeah. You can't ex- it's hard you to You guys would be things.
0: dying if you could You'd see die it.
1: Die. You can follow yeah, me on Instagram. I'm
0: finding to talk about it.
1: If you want to see see what I'm talking about, I'm sure I'll post on Instagram one of these days. Yep. Um but anyway, yeah, Remy's learning a lot. He's growing really fast. Um but let's talk a little bit about this episode today.
0: I like it. I think it's necessary with everything that's been going on i think it's it's uh good timing
1: yeah i've been seeing a lot of memes lately and they're so funny they're just like i've seen the i've seen the trailer for 2021 and i'm not a fan (laughs) (laughs) or (laughs) just stuff like that it's it's comical and i think we can laugh at times Um, but some, some really crazy things have been going on and we talk a lot about in this episode about abundance, having an abundance mindset. And I think that can be really helpful when it comes to what's going on in the world right now.
0: Yep. I think it's possibly one of the most helpful things that you could change or that we could all change to increase happiness happiness in the world right now
1: happiness in yourself in yourself
0: and starts in yourself and then emanates to the world
1: yeah yeah Yeah, but we hope you guys enjoyed this episode um it was interesting because it didn't the topic of this episode didn't start out as having an abundant Abundant. mindset we wanted to this topic was supposed to just be about positivity like Mm -hmm. we started out that way but it just kind of geared toward having an abundance mindset so
0: yeah it was positivity and then it was emotional well-being maintaining emotional well-being and then it just kind of settled on abundance
1: which i think is exactly where
0: it should be needed to settle yeah
1: yeah so we hope you guys enjoy this episode as much as we did and yeah let's get into it
0: let's get into it So currently, there's been a lot of stress this year, obviously just with everything going on. What do you make of it? Like what do you feel when you watch the news, you go on social media?
1: Every time I see something on social media, I do not take it as hundred percent truth. Mm-hmm. So I feel like because I do that, I don't it doesn't stress me out like the point of the media. And the, and news and all that stuff, like, their intention is to get us stressed, mm-hmm. right? So the end result that they're hoping for, sometimes, obviously, it does consume me. Mm-hmm. Um, I can get very involved in this stuff, and it just really, I don't know, it just can get really overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And every time I I hear something on social media or on the news, like, it has always turned out to not be a hundred percent true. Mm-hmm. And I think people generally know that mm-hmm. like when they hear the news or they read something on social media, like to not take it as fact until you've actually gone to the source. Mm-hmm. So when I do see that stuff, I'm just starting to And last year, 2020 last year, a couple of days ago, um, <laughs> That year really taught me like you can't take all of that as fact. Because uh-huh. like no, everyone has an intention or a, what's the word I'm looking for? A An agenda. An agenda, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I just, I just know that that is a fact, that people have an agenda. So I just can't take it as um, truth.
0: Yeah, and I think that I heard a quote in, I think it was a church talk I was listening to, but it said, Life must be understood backwards, but lived forwards. Forwards? Forwards. Forward? Forward. Lived forward. Yeah. I don't know. It sounded right in my head. Anyway, but the, and I was thinking about it, it's like if we talk about the influenza epidemic of 1918, no one feels, there's, there's no like feeling of anxiety attached to it because it's in the past. And we know that we got through it, right? And the world didn't end and life continued on. And people rebuilt and, you know, got back on. And obviously a lot of people, I think 50 million people passed away. And it, it was, I'm sure it was extremely traumatic at that time. But now looking back, it's, it's something that we know, you know, things got better. But I think that in the middle of a global pandemic, very easy to feel like there's no hope and like to let and despair take you over. Yeah. And I was uh, as we were coming back to Utah, um, there was a lady behind me at the airport who I, I heard her talking on the phone and she was just she's like, I'm scared to death. Like, I, I can't take this anymore. And this new strain, and she just, she's like, it, it's affecting children. And she was just, like, terrified. Like, I could hear the the terror, like, literal terror in her voice. And I was thinking about it, and I was like, man, this is, like, I feel it was giving me anxiety just listening to her. And I feel like if I unplug from the media for a while, then I, that anxiety just naturally just starts to go away there's a fine line between like living under a rock and not staying informed and like consuming every bit of press that comes at you. And again, like you said, it's, you have to take everything with a grain of salt nowadays, but it's just interesting to me that quote where like, as a person of faith, I don't believe that the coronavirus was something that caught God off guard, you know? Um, And so I think that if I can look at things like, you know, We're probably gonna get through this. Everything is probably gonna be fine. Like I don't need to to panic, and then I that I guess helps me kind of calm down. Yeah. But I just see so many people right now that are just like their nerves are fried. They can't take it anymore, and they can't unplug. They can't let the anxiety die down. It's just like they're too engrossed in it.
1: So do you think that people have that that high anxiety because of what they're viewing and they're seeing?
0: You know, I think there's two groups. I think there are people who have been directly affected, and whenever someone's directly affected by something, it is naturally a much bigger deal. But I think there's another group who maybe isn't you know, directly affected by it, but they're still they're so consumed with everything in the media that they're just, they still have that same level of anxiety and, and fear, which I think some of that can be mitigated.
1: Yeah, that's an interesting point because I have been trying to figure out where I land on the spectrum of like really being passionate about even like not even just coronavirus, but like different things politically or uh, spiritually or, you know, just like different things in life, like where I stand on the spectrum on those things and on those topics. I think there is something to say to say when you have directly been impacted by whatever topic it is. Mm-hmm. Like, say spiritually. Mm-hmm. Like, if you've come to find your path spiritually because maybe you were in a dark place and then you came to find the gospel and then, you know, then you have this stronger testimony of like, oh, I knew what was before. And this is what I have now, you know, Mm -hmm. like there's this, this stronger devotion to, to that specific thing, whatever Mm -hmm. it is, Mm -hmm. um, in, in the case that I'm talking about spirituality. Mm -hmm. So I think that is a key point in just realizing where you land on that spectrum and how passionate you're going to be about that topic. Mm -hmm. Cause last year kind of in the height of everything, I felt like I needed to know everything. Like I needed to have my opinion straight, you know, mm-hmm. or like I was just closed minded and I just was, um, I was an idiot, you know. Uninformed. If I, I was uninformed. Yeah. And that just isn't true. And sometimes I still feel like that. Like, okay, let's let's get this straight. But at the same time, like we have this responsibility to do research, figure things out, but. We don't need to know everything right away because there's so with every topic politically, at least there's so much history that comes with it that it's like, it's impossible to just like figure it out right away, Mm -hmm. you know? So I don't know like the right way to go about it. Um, I feel I'm kind of still figuring that out, but I think the best thing that, i have done and we have done together is when we have heard something that intrigued us or that has caused conflict with people or you know just like a hot topic maybe Mm -hmm. we discuss it you know we just talk about it and we look it up and we look up the facts the real facts and we go from there so it's not like figuring out a b c d e you know it's just like okay let's figure out a really quick. And let's discuss it. Let's get deep into that topic and then, then live our life in between.
0: Yeah, and I think that's a big thing that's adding to the, to the anxiety is that there's so much pressure to be informed and an advocate for everything that's going on. Every conflict or everything, every controversial idea. It's like you have to be informed on it and you have to have a rock-solid opinion one way or another on it Mm -hmm. right away and that's just not how life works and that's not a good way to make opinions like to have a deadline on them because that cancels out being open-minded like you have to be willing to listen to both sides and you have to let it sit for a while and you have to think about which way you're leaning and why you're leaning that way and like you say really analyze the history and I think that the idea that it's more important to have an opinion on everything as opposed to continually trying to learn i think is is more important than than ha- arriving at an opinion a solid opinion for everything yeah and we don't need to be experts on every social justice issue like we don't need to be passionate and involved in every social justice issue like there are people out there that are only going to focus on raising good children for the rest of their like they're not going to get involved in anything else but would you say that those their lives are like a waste cuz they didn't educate themselves on everything that's going on it's like i don't believe that's the case i think it's important i think what they're doing is important and if that's the way that they felt their energy is best spent then more power to them but i think that we only have so much energy we only have so much time we only have so much emotional bandwidth to be able to dedicate to making the world a better place. And we can't be all things to all people. I just think that's unrealistic, but that's this, especially in 2020, that's just been this theme that like everyone expects everyone to be as passionate about every social justice issue as, as an, as another social justice issue. And I just don't think
1: that's the case. Yeah. And I think about like a parent, They are consumed with their kids all day, you know, whether you like it or not, Mm -hmm. like they're consumed with them, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's not something that they can just turn off, Mm -hmm. you know, they have to use their time that they have in between parenting, which is minimal, you know, it's not a lot of time Mm -hmm. to, they would have to focus all that time on research, you know, and then. If they were just consumed with, okay, I'm going to I'm gonna take care of my kids, and then while they're napping, I'm gonna study and then they're gonna wake up and then they're gonna go to bed again and then I'm gonna study and then I'm gonna go to bed. Mm. You know, maybe that would be about an hour (laughs) of study, you know? Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's just like you said, it's not realistic. So I think it's just taking one thing at a time. If you hear something that sparks sparks and not necessarily an interest, but just like, I need to know you you feel a responsibility to know more about it Mm -hmm. because it's the right thing to do. And there was a lot of things going on in 2020 that we needed to learn more about, Mm -hmm. you know, that were brought to our attention, Mm -hmm. which was a good thing. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: I think even though there were a lot of things that came out of 2020, there were also, there was so much learning that happened in 2020, Mm -hmm. which I know I I'm going to take with me Mm -hmm. because I learned a lot.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And I did, I did really define where I stand on a lot of different things. Yeah. But I think that the most important thing that I learned in 2020 was that we need to have more grace for people. Yeah. Instead of like thinking back to like, if someone says something, then they're branded with that opinion for the rest of their life. And if they ever contradict it, then they're a hypocrite. It's Mm -hmm. like, no, people are allowed to change their mind as they ex- are exposed to new experiences and new information. Yeah, And so I think if we all had a little bit more grace for each other, it's just like, hey, you know what? We're all learning. Let's give people the benefit of the doubt that everyone is trying to do the best they can to be good to other people, even though, you know, maybe some people aren't. But I think by and large, most people are. And if we just, I think if we did that and we weren't so judgmental about you need to you need to know this or you need to think this way, like that we could all maybe just try to understand before being understood. And I think that it would help to diffuse a lot of this sort of anxious energy that's been going on.
1: Okay, so that brings up something. There are a lot of people are in the middle ground. Mm-hmm. You know, like there are extremists on the left, extremists on the right, but a lot of people are kind of just figuring things out, Mm -hmm. you know? And when someone hears a comment that isn't necessarily their way, you know, they brand them, like you were saying, as a far left or a far right. Mm -hmm. And if it's the opposing side, then it's they feel threatened by that Mm -hmm. almost. You know, like they've seen the extremists on on their opposing side. And if they hear someone who says something that kind of leads towards that side, it's almost like a threat Mm -hmm. when in reality, it's just the middle ground. You know, it's just these people trying to figure things out. They're navigating through all this information that they're hearing, Mm -hmm. you know, and they're trying to gain an opinion, but it's so hard when these extremists are at the front line and they're just causing a lot of damage, mm-hmm. you know? And you're like, oh, I don't want you to be that person. Like that's, let's not go that way, you know? Yeah. And
0: so. I think part of it is, is human nature, right? Where people are naturally, like we have evolved to look for common ground because if we can find common ground, then we feel safe. And if we find something that is different than us, then it it automatically seems like something to avoid and like that's the way that our brains have evolved. And so we're tribal by nature because we're always looking for like-minded people. And so I think that there's been some manipulation of that and like the social dilemma documentary was a good example of, you know, manipulating people's natural instinct or natural desire to group with a group that they, you know, they relate with. But I think that Just because you have a a stance on one, say, right wing or right side of the fence opinion, that doesn't mean you have to accept everything that's on the right side of the fence. Yeah. But I feel like it's like we're like sports teams now where it's like if you agree with one thing on the right side, then you have to agree with everything on the right. Otherwise, you're a traitor to your team. And I think that that's harmful.
1: So the main topic that we want to talk about here in this episode is about an, having an abundance mindset. And I think this is going to come full circle when it comes to what is happening in today's world. Mm-hmm. I think we don't really realize how we live in this scarcity mindset, mm-hmm. that there just isn't enough to go around. We're, we're almost trained to live that way. Like in school, we and this is coming from Naveen Jain, I watched um, his TED talk Mm -hmm. and in school we're trained there when we take a test, there's four answers, but only one of them is right. Mm -hmm. Like we're trained to not have an open mind. Like there are plenty of possibilities of how things can be right, but Mm -hmm. we're trained that there's only one way Mm -hmm. that something can be correct. Mm -hmm. There's one right answer. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where a lot of this scarcity mindset comes from.
0: Yeah, that was interesting where he talked about, what did he say, in the the real world or in, in school, if you go to your classmate and you try to have them help you figure out the answer, they call it cheating. Whereas in the real world, they call it collaboration. The way that we think about things or the way we're taught to think about things in school just doesn't quite translate
1: to... Real life. Real life. Yeah, and he also talks about how there are two things... That society, society needs more of. And the first thing is to dream big. Mm. And he says to dream so big that when you tell people your plans, they think you're crazy. And the second thing is we need to take away the fear of failure. What we need to do is we need to start thinking about our potential instead of things that can't be done. So here's kind of an example Mm -hmm. um, of having an abundance mindset or expanding your mindset when I was in high school I hadn't really gone anywhere Mm. right like I had seen my my hometown and I had seen some of Utah from traveling here to see family and I hadn't gone really far Mm -hmm. and I just thought like I had it it was so good where I had it, like I didn't need to go anywhere else because this was just the best of the best, you know, <laughs> and
0: Oak Grove or Oak
1: Grove, you know, but once I started traveling, it just opened this whole new ring, just it expanded this circle that I had, and it opened my eyes to to all of these just beautiful places and all these different cultures and just the way people live and it just opened my mind to new things. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the thing, like whether it's where you live or there's, this can relate to so many different things, but it's just expanding your circle to Mm -hmm. new solutions. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. And he talked about something in there that I, I thought was interesting where he was talking about people keep saying that our educational system is broken he said, it's not broken. It's just doing what it was designed to do, which is no longer sufficient for the world that we live in. Mm-hmm. He's like, it's like if you went to your grandpa with his flip phone, he said, Grandpa, your phone's broken. He said, no, it, it works. I dial and I make calls. He said, it won't play, you can't play Angry Birds on it, but it works for what it was designed to do. And so he said, we need said so basically, you know, the, the statistic is every five to, to seven, 10. five to 10, yeah, five to 10 years, what you learn will become obsolete just with how fast technology is evolving and, and changing our world. So he said instead of having ed- education, especially higher education, teaching a specific sort of topic, we n- they need to teach us how to learn and how to solve problems and how to think bigger. It was an, it was an optimist's way of saying it, which, which I always appreciate when people are solution-minded what are some ways that you found to help you aside from what you just shared about traveling to help you kind of step out of that tunnel vision that can happen when you are worried about the day-to-day or you're worried about what's going on in the news and it can kind of lock your vision into like just this really narrow reactionary state where you're just anxious and you're you're just trying to like you're scarce in your survival mode like what, what helps you to get out of that and to start thinking more abundantly
1: i the way that I do it is just people like i have I have friends who are on one side and I have friends who are on the other and just talking with them. Mm-hmm. I think conversation is the best way to have your circle opened and be informed, take what they say, and then look it up, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know because people I don't think people want to have an agenda they don't want they they want to do what's best mm-hmm. and I think every time that either of us have had a conversation with someone about maybe something that we disagree on, and I have my fingers up in quotations mm-hmm. around disagree, we want the same things
2: mm-hmm.
1: like we want the best for people we don't want people to be sick or die or be treated differently than anyone else. Mm-hmm. Like we want the same things. It's just the road to getting there seems to be different for people.
0: Yeah. And I think, I think that's been something that's been helpful for me as well. I think probably the biggest way that I, I moved back to thinking abundantly is, well, there's really two. One is gratitude like thinking of things I'm grateful for and looking because if you write out things you're grateful for, you're, you're focused on being grateful. It forces you to act against that human nature. That's always looking for survival mode and looking for what's wrong and looking for the negative. Like it forces you to look for the positive and start to scan your world that way. And then the other thing that I've, I found that helps me to do that is to study history because there's no history. Isn't, charged like the the political the current political and socioeconomic climate that we live in is highly charged and so everything has emotion attached to it but if you look at history like reading biographies or you know things like that there's no emotion in it like or there is emotion but it's the author expressing their admiration for something or their you know their their sadness over the way that something happened but it's still something that already happened and I think that that helps me to see things clearer in a more clear way because it shows how something began, how it progressed, and then how it ended or transitioned into something new. Which is is a perspective that you get that you you don't have when you're in the right in the middle of something. Because right now we only see how coronavirus started, for example, and how it's progressing, but we don't know this the third part of that. And so I think it. If you can see patterns in the way things have happened in the past, then it helps you to feel more at peace in the current, whatever is going on. And a quote that I really like, kind of on this topic, comes from The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, written by Stephen Covey. And he says, most people have a deeply, so this is a quote, most people are deeply scripted in what I call the scarcity mentality. They see life as having only so much as though there were only one pie out there And if someone were to get a big piece of the pie, it would mean less for everybody else. And then I'll skip ahead. He says, the abundance mentality, on the other hand, flows out of a deep inner sense of personal worth or security. It is the paradigm that there is plenty out there and enough to spare for everybody. It results in the sharing of prestige, recognition, profits, and decision-making. It opens possibilities, options, alternatives, and creativity. And I really love that, especially the, the, the way that he talks about it sparking creativity, if we can just learn to be abundant. And it, I think it takes a lot of work to get there, but I think it's worth it. And one story that I have that sort of helped me develop that mindset over time was, again, knocking doors. Um, so what we would do was we, would, we were taught to do something called grooming. And so when you're a door-to-door salesman, you, <laughs> sounds wrong, but that's just <laughs> the way we called it. You door-to-door salesman, you go through a neighborhood, you pick a, a section of neighborhood, maybe 50 homes, and preferably a section that you can knock and return back to where you started um, later in the day. So you start at like 2.30, 1.30, 2.30. You get to the end of the loop by 5, and then you do it all over again. Most people wouldn't do that because it was uncomfortable for them to go back through the same area that they went through earlier because you have this idea that, you know, people are watching you and they're going to get mad if you come back around. And so they would just knock through one area and then they would jump to another area and they never go back to the original area, especially towards the end of the summer when, you know, the same areas have been knocked like four or five times in the last month. And so someone for your, from your industry, multiple people from your industry have already knocked through. And, the idea was like, oh no, there, there's no way that there's still someone in there that hasn't talked to anybody. And it's just been knocked through. We need to jump somewhere else. We need to try and find little pockets that no one's touched. But invariably, and I, I proved this out over years, you know, five years, where I never found it to not hold true. That's a double negative, but you get what I'm saying. It always held true. Um, I would always knock through an area two or three times, the same exact loop, two or three times in one day. And I invariably found people that had never talked to anybody. And those were the sales that I generally got. And it taught me that no matter how scarce a resource is, in this case, it was fresh people to talk to. Um, there's always, the, there's, it's, no one's ever tapped. No, nothing is ever completely out there. You just need to be creative and thorough and and you'll, it'll always prove true. But it took a long time for that to develop. And I had to actually try it out.
1: Yeah, that's a good example. I'm thinking about um, what an example in my life that I've realized that there was much more abundance than I thought. Does that make sense? Yeah. Was that sentence? Okay. And that thing for me was energy. Because before having Remy, like I was tapped out after not very much, you know, it didn't take very much for me to be tired and just okay, I'm done, you know. And after having Remy and being forced to be up early and to be awake and to maybe take a short nap at some point in the day, you know, just I had to be going more of the day than I was before having Remy. Mm-hmm. and I'm realizing how much more energy was inside of me which I didn't realize because my mindset was like oh I'm I don't know I was just like yeah. I can't do it
0: you were like a house cat
1: excuse me <laughs> <laughs> rude
0: you just liked your naps and there's nothing wrong with that I
1: did okay that's where me and you are different because every time, even on like a Sunday where it's like a chill day, I'm like, Justin, let's take a nap. And he just was not a napper. He just doesn't nap. And people just don't nap, which that was a foreign concept to me. I think I lots of people can relate with me. They like their naps. Okay. But I was probably taking a the nap today day. The entire country
0: of Spain, for example.
1: Yes. And they are healthy, thriving people. Okay. <laughs> I think everyone could do with a nap here and there. I'm just saying. I After having read me, I realized that I had a lot more in me than I thought.
2: Uh-huh.
1: A lot more energy. I could live off of less sleep. Um, yeah, that's just an example that's coming to mind for me in this moment. Um, but it does bring up a quote that I, I wanted to bring up. And it's by the same... Um, Naveen Jain, I'm probably saying his last name wrong, um, but he's from the Ted talk. And he says, when you say it is impossible, it becomes impossible for you and not for anyone else. Mm. Lots of times I have said like, I can't do it. It just, it just doesn't work for me. Or I don't know, any sort of negative thing that I've put on myself to, to, or fear that I have thought up that I can't do something. But mm-hmm. in reality, I'm just thinking very small minded and I'm not getting creative and I'm not thinking in a bigger picture because I am sure pre Remy that I was saying it's impossible to wake up at seven every morning. I'm sure I believe that was impossible, but after having him, I'm realizing I was kind of forced into the realization that that's just not true.
0: But yeah, I think that that's interesting because essentially what he's saying about like, we need to think bigger. We need to not look at things and say they're impossible.
1: We need to not look at things as left or right.
0: Yeah. And, and that's, that's becoming more and more of like a necessity now where we need to think bigger to solve you know some pretty big world issues and it's essentially at its essence it's it's a secular version of faith right we have faith in things that we can't yet see or that haven't yet been realized or haven't yet been done and i like that you know that faith muscle that you you learn in church is applicable obviously in everyday life too which actually is a pretty good segue into what i w- i wanted to talk about next which is so th- some context behind this so I really, really love the book, as a man thinketh, and it's written by a man named James Allen. He wrote it in like i think nineteen o three um and I believe he was a British philosopher and he's kind of like the father of um self help books It was like sort of a precursor to self help books and I first read it um Shortly after I was expelled from high school, I got back in touch with my old soccer coach who decided he wanted to mentor me. We met up once a week, and he basically would give me a book on leadership or growth, and he would make me read it during the week, write a report on it, and then come back the next week when we had lunch and share it with him. And this was the first book that he gave me. And he's like, this one is crucial. You have to understand the concepts in this book for everything else I'm going to teach you. And he was right. Like, if, if my mentorship with him would have ended with this book, like, it still would have been life-changing. There's several quotes from it that I want to read. Um, and I think we can just maybe, like, read through them one by one and, and uh, just kind of talk through them. Because I think that they relate well to this topic. So, here we go. This one was this is probably the one that has stuck with me the most over the years. But he says, quote, a man's mind, and obviously woman as well, man's mind may be likened to a garden, which may be intelligently cultivated or allowed to run wild. But whether cultivated or neglected, it must and will bring forth. If no useful seeds are put into it, then an abundance of useless weed seeds will fall therein. And will continue to produce their kind. I just love that because it's just like if you think about your mind, like anyone can envision a garden that hasn't been kept up, right? And what does it look like? It's just it's just a mess, right? It's full still of weeds. producing. Yeah, it's still producing. It never stops producing, but just produces weeds. And if you think about it, like I I just picture my mind. If I'm being lazy or I'm procrastinating, my as the list of things that I'm procrastinating grows, I just think of my mind like this this terribly neglected garden full of weeds. And I think that's always been helpful to me whenever I start, especially procrastination. When I start procrastinating too much, I just picture that and I'm like, I got to, I got to tend the garden.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I've, I feel like you can feel when your mind is not being nurtured in the right way. It just becomes very cloudy and it just causes a lot of anxiety. Mm-hmm. You know, when it's just full of chaos. I don't know, just so much information. And if you don't weed it out and figure out the right truth and the right facts, it can just get bogged down.
0: Yeah. And think about it. He wrote that in 1903. Like, I'm sure that if he saw every, the amount of information that we consume, or that we have thrown at us daily like he would be like man what i was writing about was really prophetic like one day people were really going to need it whereas mm-hmm. i'm sure they needed it then but well it
1: just goes to show that we're all human mm-hmm. you know like not a lot has really changed mm-hmm. in our being
2: mm-hmm.
1: it's just the things that we're consuming has just multiplied by a million
0: yeah definitely so here's the next one. He says, quote, A strong man cannot help a weaker unless the weaker is willing to be helped. And even then, the weak man must become strong of himself. He must, by his own efforts, develop the strength which he admires in another. None but himself can alter his condition.
1: Sounds like a stubborn, stubborn problem.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's, I think... And I went into my the mentorship with my mentor totally backwards about this because I figured, okay, I'll just you know kind of hang around my old soccer coach. He's an inspiring guy. I'll just sort of naturally become like him, which there is something to be said. I've heard the, the saying, "You become the average of the five people you spend the most time with," but it doesn't happen on accident. Like that's a big help, but you you need to be the one willing to go through the growing pains which are painful by definition
1: yeah and if you don't have the will or like the desire to want to do that thing to change like it's not going to happen
0: here here's the next one she says the outer conditions of a person's life will always be found to be harmoniously related to his inner state Men do not attract that which they want, but that which they are. Which I think really relates to abundance. Because think about scarcity-minded people that you know or that you've come across. Generally, their circumstances reflect that. And if you think on the flip side of abundance-minded people, generally just, you know, they're able to have a higher quality of life just because of the way that they see the world.
1: They're not looking inward. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: They're not looking at what do I need? Mm -hmm. They're looking at how is this going to help myself, but also help other people?
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's interesting because, because that's probably the key to abundance is bringing value to other people. I think that's the biggest thing about abundance, because if you like Covey said, If you have a deep, you're not insecure, but a deep abiding confidence in yourself and what you bring to the world, you'll believe that there's plenty for everyone. And so you'll focus on giving instead of snatching what you can find and holding it close because you think that there's only so much, right?
1: Well, I think that's when you have to expand your own expertise or your own knowledge, Mm -hmm. because if you feel like you only have so much, Like, you're not going to want to give that to anyone else and you're not going to want to, I don't know, expand or share or whatever, you Mm -hmm. know, live in abundance. But when you're continually learning more and just progressing yourself, like, you won't be afraid to give more Mm -hmm. because you have more. You're not
0: worried that the little that you know will become obsolete and Mm -hmm. you'll be lost. And I think that's kind of like what you were saying, like whether it's traveling the world or exploring by learning or you know learning through books or learning about history like all of that is is part of building that abundance mindset where you're just continually expanding your perspective i think perspective is is so important in in really developing like realizing that there's so much more out there than what you think there is if you're just only focused focused on yourself and the little that you have
1: and and keeping it i think all of those things are valuable Mm -hmm. like traveling and learning about culture and learning about history but the thing is like people have they gravitate to different things Mm -hmm. so you can't expect everyone to be on board with everything because Mm -hmm. they're doing what interests them and that is still valuable Mm -hmm. you know whether they're learning about what, whatever they're learning about you mm-hmm. know like you gravitate more towards history and that's not necessarily i gravitate to mm-hmm. so
0: well yeah i'm just saying the willingness to expand your your mind your perspective challenge the way you think like all of those things to stretch yourself and grow are what are, are eventually going to help you to realize that there's no end like to learning and growth And once you realize that, then is when you can truly be abundant. Really, kind of the rest of these quotes are are pretty much the same, but I'll read one last one. Um, It says, A man is literally what he thinks, his character being the complete sum of all his thoughts. Which I think is interesting because, and it kind of comes back to the garden example where What his main point of the book is, if you neglect what goes into your garden, or if you thoughtfully plant seeds, every thought will eventually manifest itself into an action. And so that's why he says, you know, what a man thinks is what he becomes, or a man is the sum of all his thoughts, because his whole philosophy was, if you think it, eventually it's going to turn into an action. And so if you, you're th- constantly thinking weed-like thoughts or, you know, non-productive thoughts or you're wasting your time with, you know, playing video games all the time or watching, you know, junk TV or things like that, like, that's going to manifest into an action, which is going to manifest, manifest into a lifestyle, which is going to, you know, eventually create your life. Um, And then it'll be what you look back on. But I think that that's so important to understand that it all starts with your, the way, with your thoughts. And like Darren Hardy, who I really admire, he wrote the book called The Compound Effect. He always says, one of his sayings is garbage in, garbage out. And so you have to be mindful of what you're allowing in because it's always going to turn into an action, whatever you're thinking.
1: Yeah, our thoughts are so powerful. I feel like we should have an episode about thoughts cuz like I want to do thought. I want to do more research on that. Yeah. And how that just controls us. It feels like. Or how we can control our thoughts. Mhm. Anyway, that would just be I think that'd be a really interesting podcast. Yeah, agreed. episode. Um but if you Yeah, we're going to end on that note. Mm-hmm. Um if you guys ever hear anything that we talk about that sparks something in you and you want to DM us or email us, please do. Because the these episodes and us talking about this stuff, like, it's about starting conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not be all, end all, mm-hmm. what we're saying. So... If you ever want to message us and talk more about any of these topics that we bring up, you can DM us on Instagram, Mom and Dad Podcast, or you can email us at the Mom and Dad Podcast at gmail.com.
0: Yeah. And we're also going to be um, posting the sources for each episode in the description. So if yes. you have more, if you want to dig deeper into any of the people that we've talked about or quoted.
1: Yeah, because we, I highly recommend watching that TED Talk. It's no, it like good. 10 minutes long. We'll put the link in the description. It's, it's just more of what we're saying. Mm-hmm. So feel free to go listen to them just for more, more information. And for your challenge for this week, what we want you to do is I'm sure you're going to hear something on social media this week um, politically. And what we want you to do is when you hear it, don't take it as fact. We want you to go and we want you to find a credible source and we want you to find actual factual information on that topic and see what you find. See how much information is out there on it and just dig deeper.
0: Actual factual.
1: Yeah. Is that what I said?
0: Yeah. That's our (laughs) catchphrase from now on. Actual factual information.
1: When I go through and edit these podcasts, i hear myself say things i'm like did i really just say that like that didn't make sense at all i'm like that just didn't compute in my brain and i said it and once i heard it i was like wow okay anyway
0: well do the challenge we'll talk to you next week let's be abundant
1: have a great week